What's good, Worcester Nation? We are back again, and the NFL is here. We are actually talking about actual games. It's not just hypotheticals on what could happen this season. We are diving into our very first matchup breakdown. We're doing the Thursday night game, so Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think they're America's team anymore, but maybe we could dive into that as well on this show right here on the Fantasy Whispers. Right here. That's right, Whisper Nation. Like Johnny said, we'll be talking about that Thursday night football matchup between the Dallas Cowboys and the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But if you like that fresh fantasy football content and want more of it, consider subscribing to the YouTube channel and giving this and our other videos a like on your way in. That being said, Whisper Nation, my name is Big Travi. You can find me on Twitter at Big Travi. I'm joined by Johnny Game Time Hicks, who you can find on Twitter at Johnny underscore Game Time. What's going on, Johnny? Oh, man, if you can tell by the excitement of the intro, I am beyond jacked. Football is back. Football Ex- is back. Excitement, never a problem for you, and you're on a, on 10 right now for football. Uh, right on. And, of course, the other mic is Austin Sear. You can find him on Twitter at Austin underscore R underscore Sear. Austin, are you as jacked as Johnny? Is that even possible? No, it's not. Nobody is as jacked as Johnny. That's just <laughs> not going to happen. But I am extremely excited for the upcoming NFL season and to see how all of our early season takes actually mesh up with reality absolutely just a reminder to whisper nation we are nothing without your support so please help us build this community if you feel it upon your heart to continue to grow the family and chase the dream consider joining us on patreon.com you can show your support at the five and ten dollar levels patron benefits include access to our exclusive discord channels entries to sports card giveaways increased odds for winning a nfl signed jersey from your favorite fantasy players and bonus content that's only available to patrons head on over to patreon.com forward slash the fantasy whispers today and join the nation so gentlemen like draft season is over so i just wanted to ask each of you and i'll start with austin here the single most exciting player that you have drafted the most of during this draft season as we get in here i've got quite a few shares of tom brady in a couple of leagues i like that johnny i know does too um found derrick henry on my squad as well dynasty wise and um in our couples league that we got going yesterday with a lot of the significant others and uh, so I got Derrick Henry in a couple. I really enjoy him. Um, Tom Brady, I'm excited to see what he's about as well. And uh, ask me that question in two weeks. I think it might be different. <laughs> Johnny, what about you, man? Oh, man, there are so many players that I'm just so excited for. It was, and, you know, drafting. I knew that a lot of them were going to get taken because that's just the reality of it. Uh, so there are a handful of players that are also that are on my roster as well as not on my roster that I'm excited to actually see pan out. You know, maybe we could take some victory laps. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of them. I mean, AB, uh, Tom Brady is a major one. I'm excited for AJ Brown this year. Uh, we'll see. Joe Mixon is he going to finally live up to that hype. There's a lot of questions. We got a lot of answers, but we're going to get more answers, guys, because the actual games are here. <laughs> Their games. No more speculation. Well, this is the Thursday night football live show, which we will be doing every Wednesday. And just as a reminder how this show is going to flow, we're going to go through that game, give you some start sit answers, give you some, you know, detailed stats about these players. But just a reminder for any lineup questions that extend past this Thursday night game, save those for the behind the scenes portion of the show, which we will jump into immediately after this show. And we'll try to answer as many of those questions as time permits. Uh, Without further ado, gents, let's get into this game. And we start 
with the Dallas Cowboys facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are hosting this game as eight-point favorites. It's a 51.5-point over-under right now. Um, when I look at these, this Dallas squad, we'll start there, the, the visiting team. We just wonder uh, a, a few questions about what we're going to see out of this offense this year. We obviously know the offensive line is improved. It's getting healthy. And so, Austin, I'll start with you because a lot of the narrative on Zeke has been, was he washed last year? Did he fall off a cliff? Uh, Dak left the team. Where do we think? Where's our temperature gauge on on, on uh, Zeke this year coming into the season? I, I like Zeke. I'm not um... – dismissing the reality of an aging body with more tread on the tires and that's Zeke has gotten the rock a lot and they've leaned on him over there in Dallas significantly and you've seen his uh, excuse me rushing yards go down every season that he has been in the league but the biggest impact that we saw was of course Dak Prescott being in the offense or out of the offense going back to last season 4.0 yards Per carry and 65.3 yards per game in 2020 but with Dak Prescott in the lineup um, he was over four yards per carry and under four yards per carry without him we saw him collect an average of one rushing touchdown per game with Dak in the lineup and then just one rushing touchdown in the remaining 10 games with Dak Prescott out of the lineup. And the biggest impact besides the touchdowns there was the receiving work that Ezekiel Elliott had with or without Dak Prescott in the lineup. It got cut nearly in half. With Dak in the lineup, he was averaging 34.6 yards per game. And without Dak in the lineup, Ezekiel Elliott was looking at just 16 and a half yards per game, Travis. But the element I'm most concerned about is not Zeke's, uh, how much gas he has left in the tank, it's Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard to me is a name we're not really speaking that much about. Tony Pollard has received over 100 rushing attempts, 101 last year in 2020, and caught 28 passes on 40 targets. Um, Zeke obviously overshadows him, but he does get work and it's significant. And what he does with that work is extremely efficient. Last year, Pollard was the number two uh, ranked elusive halfback by PFF. And going back to 2019, he was the number one ranked elusive halfback. And last year, you know, Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, Kareem Hunt, these guys were right behind him last year. Um, and in 2019, nobody was right behind him. We've seen a coaching change in Mike McCarthy come on board, who has not been obsessed with his running back in years past. I'm just not surprised if we see more of an even split or not necessarily an even split because it is still Zeke's backfield, but Pollard could be getting work where you previously expected Zeke to eat it all up. But I think Zeke is going to be just fine. And if you got him in your lineups, uh, enjoy him this game. Even Very very interesting point, Austin, that was brought up at the beginning of the offseason with Pollard, but then kind of hushed down after hard knocks and we saw Zeke and people kind of quieted down on the Pollard train. It'll be interesting to watch that usage, as you said. I appreciate you breaking that down there. I wanted to bring to the table here Dak's whole outlook because that's the one we're really concerned about here with Dak's shoulder. Uh piping up a little bit on hard knocks and in the preseason. If we look at Dak, I wanted to say, you know, is Dak going to be okay? What's the impact of the shoulder injury, even if he's got to kind of nurse it back to health in the middle of the season or, or the beginning of the season? We look at his career yard per average um, or yard per attempt, 8.4 in five games last year, but still not far off from 8.2 in 2019 and eight in his rookie year. So we see a track record of him continuously pushing the ball a little bit down the field here. His average depth of target, 8.3 last year, was around 17th in the NFL. So that placed him around Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones. So it's not like he's needing to push the ball down the field. We look at CeeDee Lamb's slot yards last year, 877. That was the most by a rookie. 
um, in, in two, since 2006. So my point being is that Dak has enough of a track record here, a hell of a supporting cast, to work through a shoulder injury, in my opinion. And I actually think that because his, his offense is so built around him with so many weapons, he could probably nurse that to you know in live action. But, Johnny, I wanted to ask you about the pass catchers because we're actually going to see Dak back, Zeke in the lineup, and then all three of these studs at wide receiver. How, what's your uh, gauge of, of how this usage is going to be? Yeah, not the not the greatest matchup week one against Tampa Bay, right? Tampa Bay has one of the better pass rushing defenses as well as uh, rushing defense as well. So there are going to be people looking at that starting lineup and, and saying, should I get cute week one? Here's what I would say. I would not get cute, even though the matchup pool for Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb is a little bit more difficult than you'd like to see week one, right? But Amari Cooper should still get a, a plentiful 20 to 22% of this target market share, which should allow him to get plenty of uh, fantasy points for this weekend, despite the tough matchup. I do think CeeDee Lamb uh, is going to be the main target here. I do think that he'll get anywhere in the range of 18 to 20% for this team this weekend. He has on paper the best cornerback matchup of all the slot wide receiver for Tampa Bay is their weakest corner. Uh, so I do think CD will have a very nice day. We've seen him perform throughout all of training camp. And, you know, as far as Michael Gallup goes, I am, I'm not playing him in this game. I do want to see how they involve him, but we do know that general, he's like that deeper threat. So I don't see him getting very many targets in this game uh, to really boast putting him out there. I think it would be more of that. Uh, what do we get? Like the, the third, Thursday night thirst if you end up throwing in uh, Michael Gallup I think that that's uh, where you'd be headed is that thirsty Thursday and it might just leave you a little bit thirsty uh, if you decide to go down the Michael Gallup train so I would sit Michael Gallup but I'm fine playing the other two. Well, speaking of thirst, Austin, we got to look at the Tampa Bay side of the ball here, and we've got to get thirsty about which running back we can choose because we've been, you know, kind of beat up all offseason as, as, you know, connoisseurs of, of fantasy football trying to figure out which one it's going to be. And they even brought in Gio Bernard. So, Austin, do you have any kind of gauge who won this job, who's going to start, who we can start in fantasy, if any? Well, we know that Bruce Arians is going to be going with the hot hand. And as you framed it, Traps, the question is which hand is likely going to be start hotter to start the season. And if you're sitting on both backs or one of the Tampa Bay running backs in on your bench, do you start him this week? And, you know, we got to take a look really at Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. I'm going to jump ahead here to Giovanni Bernard. We're not starting Giovanni Bernard. There could be a PPR pathway to relevancy, but I'm going to need to see him involved in the offense a little bit before I get so cute it's a rollout Giovanni Bernard on a new team in a new system. So then between Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, looking at the last three games of the season, neither one of these backs in the regular season finished breaking 70 yards but they obviously made it deep into the playoffs and won the championship. And Fournette did outwork Rojo on uh, in, in those areas where Fournette in the Super Bowl had 16 carries to Rojo's 12, 89 yards to 61. Um, and the big part that separated Fournette was his pass catching, where he caught all four balls in the Super Bowl for 46 yards. Rojo dropped his one and only target. Going back the two weeks before to the NFC Championship game, Fournette also showed up Rojo in that matchup as well. Um, 12 carries for 55 yards compared to 10 carries for 16 yards for Ronald Jones. Um, he was the only, Fournette was the only halfback to get a pass thrown his direction, added 19 yards through that fashion. But Giovanni Bernard now is going to eat into that. If we go back to the regular season, though, Ronald Jones was the clear stand. Out. He was the number 20 ranked elusive running back compared to 48 for Leonard Fournette. He has a much better pass blocking score at 46.8 ranked by pro football focus compared to 28.4 
for Leonard Fournette. Um, and Ronald Jones has just got better numbers in terms of yards per carry while Leonard Fournette finished the year better. Um, I would like to start Ronald Jones. I think he's got the better pathway ahead. But once again, just monitor that work and efficiency because Arians is going to ride the hot hand. Hot hand is what this team is full of because they just have so many weapons over there. Um, and so, Johnny, like we've got to talk about the hot hands of the receiving core here because we had AB come on late. We had injuries for Mike Evans and Godwins throughout the year. Um, how are we feeling about the breakdown of this offense? As we came into last year, I remember the story being that it would be Chris Godwin, who was the Edelman type. Mike Evans could be a touchdown threat. And we saw some different things out of out of the offense during last year. Yeah, and then you added A.B. right halfway through the season. There was a lot of speculation on whether A.B. could make it that far or would, you know, something veer up and him get suspended again. But honestly, we haven't heard anything from uh, from a uh, Antonio Brown since he went to Tampa Bay. He's been pretty, pretty solid and on his game as far as getting himself straight. I think him pairing with Tom Brady has really, really helped him. And as far as the wide receivers go, this is what's interesting. When they all play together, right, because that's the big speculation is uh, are there enough targets to go around to play all three of these guys? And I'm going to tell you, you can play all three of these guys. Uh, this offense or, or this offense is going to score a lot in this game. Dallas does not have a great defense by far. They have some nice pieces and could see a little bit of improvement over last year. But overall, this is going to just feast, feast all three of these guys. Give me Mike Evans. Give me Chris Godwin. Give me Antonio Brown. If you've got them, put them on your lineup. They are going to have a great game. My favorite, though, of all three matchups and who I ultimately think has the best night is actually Antonio Brown, who should get the majority of the work against Tra uh, Trayvon Diggs, who is uh, Stephon Diggs' brother. Uh, we saw him get torched and just eaten alive by Amari Cooper in that uh, in that hard knocks. I don't think that things are going to change, whether it's AB or I mean, he'll he'll get switched around. Of course, uh, they're they like to switch around their corners as far as who is they're they're guarding. But I ultimately think this is going to be a huge game for Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay offense. I think they're going to come out with a bang. And so I'm looking to get all three of these wide receivers in this offense in your lineup. Just a reminder, too, uh, to the the audience, I know we're getting a lot of questions in the chat. We will be going, doing a behind-the-scenes right after the show, hitting you guys with those questions and getting you prepped for this week. And we also have the Sunday lineup show uh, on YouTube, so make sure you're subscribed and, and, your, and your notifications are on so you can get those uh, questions answered all week long and on Sunday. Uh, I wanted to quickly point out the the – tight end situation because after scoring zero touchdowns and four or fewer fantasy points in three of his first five games, we saw Gronk score seven touchdowns in the final 11 games and averaged over 11 fantasy points per game in PPR. So we've got Howard returning now, OJ Howard returning from an Achilles tendon tear that knocked him out of week four. So what we're seeing is Howard didn't do a ton. I mean, he did have double-digit fantasy points in half of those games, but what he did to Gronk could have been significant. I'm really going to be looking at the usage here with Howard back and see if that was the cause or if it was just Gronk getting back to football. We remember he took a lot of time off. So that's something I'm going to be keeping an eye on, and I think Whisper Nation too. But as Johnny and Austin said, this offense is loaded with weapons. So what does that mean? We love Tom Brady this week. These are the matchups you want to attack. Tom, Tampa's implied total for the week is 30 points, guys. That is the second highest point total on the week. We love that. Only two other squads allowed more passing touchdowns last year 
than Dallas. If the, you know, if we think Brady is a fringe quarterback, which I don't think anybody on this show does, but the industry kind of did. If we think he's a fringe quarterback, this is the matchup to attack. And I think you put Brady in your lineup and uh, attack accordingly. But that wraps it up for guys, for the Thursday night matchup show here. Um, we'll sign off here for the quick behind the scenes and get into some of these questions. I'm jacked. <laughs> right here. I didn't hit the intro, so I didn't know who was that. <laughs> that was on me. But welcome in, welcome into the behind the scenes show. Of, hey, you could tell it's week one. I'll, I will just hey, say yeah. that. Huh? Oh my god. I, I thought you were. I thought you were going to keep going with the the slow outro, and then I was prepared to hit it. But then you were just like, "Oh, I forgot about it. the. I forgot about the. Okay, we'll have yeah. the slow thirty second outro next. Well, I thought about week. it. I I was still going to hit it, but yeah. then I was like, eh, I, maybe not. I screwed we, it up. I yeah. just want to say what's up to Whisper Nation. I know we were trying to get through that Thursday night matchup show, and you guys had some questions, so we'll get in here. Hungry Lion, Pizza Belly, Hyper. Martin, uh, we have some just great people in here, BGW. Scott, of course, BGW. Uh, but let's get into some of these questions, shall we, boys? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got, um, let's see. I started, is this a question? Oh, right here, yeah. So Hyper Martin says, I started AB over OBJ. I think I made the right choice. If so, let me know. So my two receivers for week one are Judy and AB. Johnny, I'll p- pitch this to you because you broke down the Tampa wide receivers and you said start them all. Do you like OBJ uh, or do you like AB over OBJ here for Hyper Martin? I do. I do like this for week one. I think that uh, Cleveland, you could see a very heavy run game. Not to say OBJ won't be won't have a decent game, but AB has the higher upside and uh, he's not coming off of an injury as well. That's the whole thing is with with um, OBJ, expect him to come into uh the season a little bit slower than what we would initially project or how he could finish that over under not a slouch either though cleveland facing kansas city another should be barn burner over there um let's see so pizza belly says yeah i got callaway and a few also lamar oh no sorry i thought that was a question Uh, (laughs) yeah great for you austin bgw asks should i trade joe mixon waller and julio for AJ Brown and Kelsey, I have Miles Sanders to replace Mixon at Flex already, and I have CMC and James Robinson and Diggs. I would not. I would not. Uh, I'm going to keep this one here so you see the question here. I would not because I think Kelsey and Waller are closer than our history books want to present. Or, or Kelsey's just a legend. You know, Kelsey's like turning into um, uh, a perennial. He's he's like a Gronk. He's like a Tony Gonzalez. He's getting up to that level. Uh, but Waller is no slouch, man. This guy's going to break 1,100 yards again. I'm not surprised if Waller ends up outpacing Kelsey. I expect it to be close regardless of who is ending up on, ahead at the end of the season. But then you got Mixon, who I think is primed for a great season. Um, the line isn't great, obviously, but I think he is a very, very solid running back. And I think he's poised to have his best year yet in terms of efficiency and opportunity given the rest of the pieces around him. And Julio, we know Julio's on the downward. We know that he's second fiddle for the first time since Roddy White was ahead of him. But there's a world where he does really, really well. Um, I I like it as a backup piece, and I like Waller and Mixon as starting pieces. Obviously, you love Kelsey, you love A.J. Brown, but just not that much more versus what you already got. So I'd say no, sit tight. This is not so much a question as it is a statement, Johnny. Zeke should sit. Tampa Bay only allowed 60 yards per game last year. Scott? Uh, AKA death by Rona saying you should sit Zeke. Are we advising that? 
Uh, I, I get where Scott is coming from because he's right. Tampa Bay, one of the better run defenses in the league. And I don't expect that to change. However, don't get cute week one. It's too much. Like, what are the odds that you were able to to draft three other running backs that have better matchups and you feel confident in those than to sit seek week one against Tampa Bay? I still do believe he will rush for at least a touchdown in this game. I do think that even though that D line is uh very nasty, but I, I'm not gonna get cute on week one. I'm I'm I drafted Zeke for a reason. I'm playing him. All right, Mr. Miyagi coming in for you. Austin says, I have CeeDee Lamb in my IR because of COVID, which I believe he's been lifted, so you can take him out of your COVID spot. Oh, but that's what he's saying. I need to drop, Ju- I need to drop Justin Fields or Trey Sermon. QB is Tannehill, I think is what he was trying to say here. Running backs, Eckler, Monty, Swift, Gaskin, and Hunt. So, Austin, are we draft? Are we sticking with Tannehill, or are we, are we dropping Trey Sermon? Justin Fields has, as you put it, that world beater upside, right? And Tannehill is nice, but he's not a world beater where Justin Fields could be. Trey Sermon, to me, is behind Eckler. He's behind David Montgomery. He's behind DeAndre Swift. And with that news Johnny's been talking about with Miles Gaskin coming out of Miami, looking like he could be more close to a lead dog bell cow type role, Uh, I might like asking over Sermon, too. Um, It's tough. Hunt has got his role carved out. Trey Sermon does not. I see the path to Sermon being, you know, an RB1 on a run-heavy team, but it's such a committee approach with Shanahan. They've got other talented players over there. I'm just not ever surprised, too, if you think, oh, Mostert went down, it's Sermon Day, and then Jermichael Hasty comes out and balls. You know what I mean? It's just like they keep a platoon of running backs on board for a reason. I would drop Trey Sermon right now because the upside of Justin Fields is greater than that of Tannehill, but Trey Sermon's upside is not greater than that of maybe any of the other running backs you have. I like uh, Hungry Lion comes in here. Can you drop a receiver? Fields is going to play sooner rather than later. Yeah, that would be my question. Uh, I There's two things. I, I'm not saying that Austin has the wrong advice here. I think it he's spot on with the rankings of those running backs. What I would try to do is actually try to trade one of those running backs or a couple of them and yes. get, you know, free up your spot that way. Yes. Uh, but also what are your wide receivers? Cause running backs are like fantasy gold when you have them. And so even if there's the potential, cause there's a lot of potential in the Trey sermon. So you could probably even sell on the upside of the Trey sermon with that depth at the running back position. I don't mind you doing that. Uh, but I don't know if I just let them go on the waivers uh, if I could, try to you know i would target a, a team that maybe only has two running backs or something or three really thin at it and you can go and grab one of their wide receivers or another position oh they're calling you dude yeah they're, they're letting them know too yeah they only saw John, that too so and johnny on friday we broke that down on the news and nuggets show which make sure you use like and subscribe to catch that content coming every friday but you broke it down so well and you changed my compass on trade conversations hey give me a comparable player for miles gaskin who should i target you know, who's at his level at the wide receiver spot? Like, no, 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 no. You're doing yourself a disservice and you're going to miss out. What you do is you go and find who would benefit the most from getting the player you're looking to give away. And then you can inflate the value and get a better deal on your end. Put in a little bit of legwork, find who you want and what that manager needs and work it from that angle. Mm-hmm. Finish line coming in here, gentlemen. Uh, Johnny, he says, how do you feel about the Steelers pass catchers? And can we trade Deontay Johnson slash Tyler Higby, uh, Deontay Johnson and Tyler Higby to give uh, and give up Michael Thomas and Logan Thomas? 
I would 100% do this deal in a heartbeat. Um, Deontay Johnson should be a top 12, top 14 wide receiver this year at minimum, I think. And uh, you're also getting Higby, who we're all really high on this year, could be the best pass catcher for Cincinnati. And Michael Thomas, although I do think that Michael Thomas will eventually come back, he is uh, a, a roster spot that you're going to have to eat until he comes back. And so when you're looking at getting, you know, uh, uh, two viable pieces that you could play for season long, that's what I do like. And so I would do this deal if you can. That's that stuff that Johnny does like. Yeah. Quinn Sullivan is coming in here asking uh, Austin 12 team half PPR. Do I start Marco Gallup against Tampa Bay or Russell Gage against the Eagles? Please help. <laughs> Uh, that Tampa Bay defense is tough, right? Top five. Gallup is the clear number three now with CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper entrenched above him. Russell Gage could also be the number three option on his team if Kyle Pitts is that number two behind Calvin Ridley. It's going to be a less voluminous Falcons offense than we've seen in years past. With that said, Johnny, I want to know what your take is on this one as well. I think there's a higher floor for Russell Gage, and I think there's a higher ceiling for Michael Gallup. That defense, though, against the Buccaneers gives me some pause. They've got a lot of weapons over there I think Dak's going to try to use, and I don't think he's going to try to force anything over there to Gallup, making his floor near subterranean. Russell Gage, though, is going to be involved, and the Eagles aren't going to be like, unless Jalen Hurts comes out and connects with all these question mark wide receivers and does something insane, like it should be a pretty manageable game in terms of expectations, and I think Russell Gage is going to fit nicely. I don't think either one are going to blow you away or win you your matchup, but I'm taking Russell Gage, I think, this week after talking it through. Yeah, I would I would do the same. That yeah, Eagles um, defense is it's a unanimous. Good. I just wanted to chime in and say I'm unanimous with you guys on that one as well. I just think Gage has the higher floor, uh, exactly as Austin said here. All right, let's get you well, a question in here, Travis, real quick. Well, that that's oh, Mr. Miyagi uh, just chiming back in. He said wide receivers are Calvin Ridley, Alvin Ro- Allen Robinson, Deontay Johnson, CeeDee Lamb, T. Higgins, and Ayuk. Those are wide receivers. Yeah, yeah. those are wide receivers. They are good. What I would do, I would, I would, in all honesty, so yeah, like trade pair T Higgins or like, yeah, pair like, because T Higgins, your worst wide receiver on that bunch, pair T Higgins and, um, thought he was trying to trade for T Higgins though. Uh, but maybe, maybe pair T Higgins and Trey Sermon, uh, for a better wide receiver if you can. That'd be nice. All right. Well, that does it for us in the Thursday night football matchup show. Make sure you get part one of the and part two of the full matchup shows by subscribing anywhere you get your podcasts. And if you have any further lineup questions, make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and tune in Sunday morning an hour and a half before kickoff. You can also check the fantasy for our weekly rankings for Johnny game time Hicks for Austin Sear. I'm big Travi and we are the fantasy whispers. We're out. Peace. Peace. Help us get to 2K before the season starts. 2K subs. Sub it up. Sub it up. Right here. Oh, hey, you made it to the end of the video. If you like what you saw, go ahead and hit subscribe. Make sure you hit that bell so you get notified anytime we drop new content or go live. And if you're still not sold yet, check out one of these videos.